Great. Everyone doing okay? I see a little bit of sugar consumption going on. That will help this session. Uh, if you're feeling like you're ready for a snooze, I will not be offended if you go to the back and make your way to the chocolate. Um, it's what I'll be doing. Um, so we've gone on a bit of a journey, uh, session one, session two, and now session three. Session one, we did the big story of what God's doing in the earth and how he wants a people that are set apart, that royal priesthood. Uh, the early church then in session two tried to sort of piece together what God wanted from Israel to how that all got transformed by Jesus. And the way they lived out there out was primarily through church planting. So last session we looked at church planting and we looked at some of the costs as well as some of the benefits. Uh, this final session, I, I just want to really dial into how this impacts you personally. And so moving from sort of the broad range of this is how it might impact the church to this is how this impacts me and what God wants to do in my life. And uh, for me, uh, most of the sort of the lens or the grid that I view sort of our Christian lives is through the one of discipleship. So in other words, God is always changing us to become more like Jesus. And so in these moments, we're, we're looking to multiply as a church. I believe that God is wanting to use this moment to make us more like Jesus, to change us, to challenge us, encourage us. And so this session is me trying to do that for you, to try and get you into the headspace where you really do seriously consider what is it that God wants to do in me and what does he want to challenge and confront? And uh, I'm going to start us off and then we're going to go down into some groups and try and get you to speak as honestly as you feel able to about how this impacts you. Uh, and there's much I could speak on in this session, but the thing that I felt led to sort of dial into is probably the thing that I could see that could really scupper what you're trying to do. And, and the thing that could scupper this move to being a multiplying church is the influence and impact of consumerism. So if Jesus isn't discipling you, then someone else is. We're always being discipled by stuff by people, by circumstances. And if Jesus isn't the one doing it, then there's other things at work. And for us in the West, in the sort of world that we live in, we are fed a diet of comfort and acquisition and consuming stuff that it's really difficult to step out of as Christians. And the more you look at it, the more you realize just how pervasive it is in your life. And consumerism, that desire to get more, is the, it's like anti-gospel. It's like that, the antithesis. It's the opposite of what Jesus calls us into and the life that he calls us to. But I just know when you get down to the reality of what do I need to do in order to step into what God's calling our church into the voices that are often loudest are ones that say oh don't do that because that's going to make you uncomfortable or I haven't got the energy for that so I'm just going to leave that to someone else or that sounds a bit risky I better not do that someone else can take that risk or that sounds uncomfortable I don't want to become you know 
is everyone sort of tracking with me that that's sort of a bit of an unstated and unwritten truth? Um, there's this uh, writer, sociologist called Robert Bella, who conducted a study called Habits of the Heart. And he was looking at people's concept of freedom, uh, this idea that we're all free. And in the Western world, that's such like a high desire is that we should be free to do whatever. And he said a really interesting thing. He said there's a one-sided view of freedom because all of us want freedom from rather than freedom for. So we want to be free from stuff, but we don't want to be freed for stuff. And there's a big difference between the two. Because freedom from means that we're building our whole lives around the idea of I do what I want, whenever I want, and with whomever I want. And no one can tell me otherwise, especially not someone who's coming in to speak on a Saturday afternoon. And a church of people who see their freedom like that will be laced with selfishness because we'll all be looking out for ourselves. And it's not that the Oak Church is particularly selfish or particularly subject to consumerism. It's just every church in the West. This is our fight right now to become disciples of Jesus. We're having to push back the worst bits of our culture. And we feel it. I, I don't know if you've ever had that experience of um, maybe you do have a little bit of time to yourself and perhaps you're, you're finally free from some responsibilities. And generally what we do when we have freedom is we consume. So we might consume like something on telly or something that we want to watch or we might go out and do something. And increasingly, definitely in my church, in Mosaic Church, I'm coming across people that are really unsatisfied in life. It's like whatever they do to sort of, I don't know, in their free time, it's not feeding them in the way that you would expect. And um, there's a, a, another philosopher sociologist that says this. We've got Herman Bavink here. Have you got that on uh, the screen? N not that one. Not that one? <laughs> it should stay at the bottom. There he is. Well done, team. He says this, the more abundantly the benefits of civilization come streaming in our way, the emptier our lives become. With all its wealth and power, it only shows that the human heart in which God has put eternity is so huge that all the world is too small to satisfy it. So he's saying like we're built for God. We're built for the purposes of God. Yet consumerism sort of tells us, no, you're not built for that. You're built for enjoying life, to enjoy your freedom, for getting, for, for acquiring. And the reality is, if it is, you can have all that stuff that the world tells you to have and you will still be empty on the inside because it's not what you're made for. You're made for, you know, everyone's got this God-shaped hole and only God can truly fill it. So... Um, I do realise we've suddenly like gone in quite deep and heavy, but I think I just wanted to get sort of the elephant in the room sort of 
to name it a little bit and say the thing that could scupper what we're talking about is us acting as individuals in this moment and protecting our own space and not thinking about the greater call to the lost of the world and making this about having a nice life, which, you know, I believe in God. There is true satisfaction and joy to be had in God, but just not in the way that the world tells us we should have it. So I'm not trying to be a killjoy. I'm making sure you find your real joy by talking about this stuff together. Jesus says this. I don't know if we've got this in Matthew 6. Um, do we have this, Gaz? I'm not sure. Sorry. Let me read it to you. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus applied this principle to finances, but I don't think it's a huge step to see what he's calling Christians to do, like making some decisive separation from stuff that we're tempted to pursue and God himself. And I guess this is what I would like us to think about. Um, imagine we're in the sea and there is a, a really strong current, like a riptide. You know, people get dragged out to sea sometimes. And if we're not aware of where the fight is, then we're like jellyfish in that riptide. Like we've got no power to really get out of it. We are just dragged by the current. We are just pushed out to sea. And I think the gospel, I mean, I might be pushing it a little bit here, but I feel like we're built to be dolphins or some sort of mammal in the sea that has freedom to cut across the current and to go wherever it needs to go. And I think you get the idea that the difference between jellyfish and a dolphin is just so huge. And you are all built to be able to navigate the choppy waters that we're in right now. You have the resources you need, but we do need to talk about them in order for you to recognize that you're built for so much more than many of us settle for. Charles Spurgeon said this. This is right, the first slide, I think. Uh, have you got Charles Spurgeon there? Yeah. The Christian church. So Charles Spurgeon, famous Baptist preacher, saw so many people come to Christ. He said this. The Christian church was designed from the first to be aggressive. It was not intended to remain stationary at any period, but to advance onward until its boundaries became commensurate with those of the world. It was to spread from Jerusalem to all Judea, from Judea to Samaria, and from Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. It was not intended to radiate from one central point only, but to form numerous centers from which its influence might spread to the surrounding parts." Spurgeon believed, like by its very nature, the church was meant to be aggressive. And we saw that flow in scripture, didn't we, of who the church is called to be. And we are meant to be on the front foot. We're not meant to be static. We're meant to be advancing. He understood that the church isn't a maintenance project, just making sure everyone's okay and that's, that's our job done. But it's meant to have this energy and, and, and dynamism, which is there for the spread of the gospel. It might feel costly, it might feel difficult, it might have challenges, but the whole nature of how God has built 
the community of God is that we're not meant to stay in one place. We're meant to see the kingdom and ultimately the glory of God filling the earth. So I'm going to give you some time in groups now and a bit of time for personal reflection. And I realise some of you are internal process, some of you are external, some of you like some time to think about it, some of you just are ready to go, but you need to talk for a while to really get to what you really think. Um, but I want to give you some time just to perhaps give some honest reflection. Like, this is how I think it probably impacts me. This is particular, I just want you to try and talk about perhaps some of the things that are the most, perhaps the most scary for you in being a part of a church that's multiplying. Some of the things perhaps where your battle is, like when you hear about Jack and Mez going and a team going, like what goes on in your heart a little bit around that? And perhaps, you know, to even talk about that whole out element of church life and the challenge for the Oak to be this outward facing church. What are some of your personal challenges of living an outward life? I feel like I'm not getting a lot of like excitement in the room, but I just, I'm going to push through because I'd love you guys to do the work of what's the personal application for me, okay? Where does the rubber hit the road? for you right now. Great. I've got like three people nodding at me, but I'm going to go for it anyway. So just take some time. You might want to go a bit smaller, might be just twos, maximum of three people. You might want to split up a big group into two twos, but uh, make some costly choices. Okay, I'm going to give you five to ten minutes, depending how the conversation goes.